welcome to the weekly podcast of River Valley Church. We're glad you're here. Our heart is to lead people to Jesus and launch them into their God-given purpose. So we pray you would encounter God in a fresh, new way today. To learn more about our church, visit rivervalley.org. Now, let's tune in to this week's message. Come on, how's Apple Valley going? We, Man, I love Apple Valley. I love this campus. I've had the privilege, uh, if you don't know me, uh, i had the privilege of being campus pastor here the last uh, almost four years now, which is awesome. Pastor Dave, you're doing a great job. Nicole, we love you so much. Come on, are you grateful for your campus pastor's current? But the last three months, I've had the opportunity to go to every single campus. Isn't that awesome? We've got nine of them here in the Twin Cities and then online. And I can bring back the report that our campuses and our church is doing well. And I'm so grateful for our campus pastors, our campus staff, all of our serve team leaders, small group leaders, uh, all of our deacons, all of our key people, uh, our entire church. It's just amazing. I've said like going from campus to campus, uh, you know, you'll talk to a, a family at Apple Valley and it's like you'll find almost that same family with the same spirit using the same language at Shakopee. And the same individual that you would meet at Shakopee has the same culture, values, verbiage. They're living in the same way that they're doing in Minatrista. And it's awesome that we are one church, multiple locations, and the church is going great. So that's the report. Praise God. In just a moment, we're going to Ephesians chapter 3 and chapter 4. Uh, Pastor Rob last week preached a message really uh, around the vision uh, that we've had all year long. Ask, seek, and pray. And he talked uh, during Miracle Offering last weekend. He was saying some blessings come only when you ask for them. Which is true. Some, some blessings only come in our life when we get before the Lord and we ask. We spend time in prayer. We seek his face. Uh, we, we bring our requests to the Lord and he meets those needs. Some blessings only come when he asks. This weekend, I'd love to bring an encouraging message to you to say some blessings come whether you ask for it or not. God is so good that he wants to bless your life. I'm not saying don't ask. I'm not saying stop seeking the face of God. I'm not saying uh, stop praying. But I am saying whether you like it or not, you're going to get blessed by the Lord. As a human, as a believer, as a church that we're a part of, uh, we are blessed. And uh, hopefully it is encouraging. Ephesians is a, a book written by the Apostle Paul to the church in Ephesus. If you go on Global Team Turkey, sometimes they actually take you to the ruins that are in Ephesus. And you can see Bible lands that are there. Uh, it's incredible. But there are six chapters in this book. And we're reading really the pinnacle of the book. The first two verses that we're going to read, Ephesians 3, 20 and 21. Uh, the first half of the book is theology. And it's ending in Paul's prayer for the church. The second half of the book is you got to live it out. It's practical. It's teaching. And uh, side note, before you teach, you should pray. Before you teach, you should have good theology. And so Paul is modeling this in the book of Ephesians. But let's read this together. Ephesians chapter 3, verses 20 and 21. And then chapter 4, verses 1 through 3, ending with verse 7. Everybody good? Now to him who is able to do far more Abundantly, super redundant, far more abundantly. Another version says immeasurably, you can't measure it. 
Not a him who is able to do far more abundantly. You're like, let's move on. Come on. Then all we ask or think according to the power at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That's his prayer for the church. And now move into practical teaching application. If we know that he's able to do far more abundantly above all that we could ask, think, or imagine, how should we now live our life? Chapter 4, verse 1. I, therefore, a prisoner for the Lord. It's interesting. He's writing this letter while he's in, I believe, a Roman prison. And he's reminding them, I'm a prisoner for the Lord. So he's saying to the church, hey, I know I'm in a prison, but my real captor is Jesus Christ. I urge you to walk in a manner worthy of the calling to which you have been called. What's the manner we should walk with? Humility and gentleness, with patience, bearing with one another in love, eager to maintain the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. Verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us according to the measure. Remember we read immeasurably, far more abundantly, immeasurably. Grace was given to us according to the measure of Christ's gift. The title of this message is Blessed Beyond Belief. Blessed Beyond Belief. Somebody needs to be reminded that God's good towards you. God's got things coming to you that you could not fathom. You couldn't actually ask for it because you couldn't imagine it. But it's coming your way whether you like it or not. Let's pray. Lord, we thank you that you are here. And I thank you for our church, what we get to be a part of. We thank you for the word of God, which is the authority by which our lives should be governed. Lord, I thank you for every new person that's visiting church today. I just pray that they would feel loved, they would feel welcomed, and they would be, be invited, not by a church or by a pastor, but they would feel invited by the Holy Spirit to step into this family. We call it the family of God. And Lord, I just pray that all of our eyes would be open to the blessings that you have given us, the blessings that you are giving us, the blessings that you will give us just because we are in Christ. We are your children. You are a good father. I pray over anybody right now that's living in their worst days, that's going through challenge. And Lord, I just pray that they would be reminded in this message that they have been set for life the day they said yes to you. They are set for life the day they said yes to you. They sit in the palm of your hand. And as you take care of the birds and the flowers, you're gonna take care of your children. We believe it. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. I had the privilege to uh, officiate uh, my wife's grandmother's funeral just a couple weeks ago. And so we flew down to Fort Worth, uh, flew to Texas, DFW, and uh, stayed in Fort Worth. And it was actually an awesome time uh, to be able to minister to my in-laws, family, and her cousins, all of that. And by the way, uh, she's, uh, her grandmother, we call her Nini. Uh, her grandmother is alive, as alive today as she's ever been. She's in her, the most right mind. She, she uh, battled Alzheimer's. So she was losing her mind. She's in her most right mind now than she has ever been. Uh, and so she loved the Lord. And she was an intercessory prayer. She would pray over her family. We'll talk more about her in a second. 
second, but we flew down to uh, Dallas and we were checking into the hotel. You've been to a hotel before. Um, I'm going to share a story about far more abundantly. I mean, I don't know if you've lived a blessed life like what I'm about to tell you. I mean, it was, it was wild. Uh, we, we get to the hotel, we're checking in. They said, uh, can we get your driver's license? And so I pull it out. Yep, my last name is Graham. That's perfect. And they said, Mr. Graham, welcome. You have been upgraded. And you don't want to act surprised in that moment. You want to act like this happens all the time. You know, we just booked a normal room, you know, a two-queen room. We weren't springing for the one king, just a normal two-queen. It's perfect. It's all good. And uh, they said, you've been upgraded. It's like, yes, I have. That's perfect. Thank you so much. We'll receive it. That's awesome. And I'm, I'm just thinking in the moment, far more abundantly, favor ain't fair. This is awesome. They said, you've been upgraded to the presidential suite. Never been in a presidential suite before, uh, but I got, was getting excited. And uh, again, you can't like, you don't want to look like they've made a mistake. Uh, you want to act like this happens all the time. And so I said, yep, absolutely. Which floor is the presidential suite? It's, it's on the top floor. It's perfect. So I tell Kaylee, um, hey, we've been upgraded. This is awesome. Let's go up to the room. And again, I'm just thinking, wow, God is so good. This is what it looks like to be a believer in Jesus Christ. It's awesome. Um, and we get to the room, and our key cards weren't working. Ah, oh, this is this is embarrassing. This what's what's going on? You got to do the walk of shame back to the front desk. Riding the elevator down, and you haven't even been in your room yet. For some reason, feels so shameful. And uh, we get back to the front desk. We said, uh, "Hey, what's the deal? We, you know, we're we're the presidential suite people, and our keys are not working." Can we get some help? And they were like groveling, sorry. Like, oh, so, so sorry, sorry, Mr. Graham. Uh, let, let's get the manager, let, you know, the top person here. We're gonna, we're gonna escort you to the room. We're gonna make sure you get in. We're gonna redo your keys, all this. We get up there and our keys still uh, are not working. And then the manager tries his all access key card and his does not work. And uh, so he said, the reason this is happening is because the dead, deadbolt is locked, which means there's somebody in the room. And so then he has a key key, like a master key. And uh, after, after knocking a little bit, you know, you're like, just wondering, is like somebody. After that, he, he unlocks the door. And as soon as the door is open, somebody from the inside goes, excuse me, what's going on? And Kaylee and I run for the hills. We're out of here. <laughs> it's, like a, it's like the worst situation. And um, uh, the manager said, well, the Grams are here, and they've been upgraded to the presidential suite. And this nice, kind lady goes, uh, we're the Grams, and we checked in at 10 a.m. <laughs> and what had happened was they assumed that I was a part of that party or that family, and uh, we were immediately escorted to the two-queen room. The, it was a wild roller coaster of emotions. <laughs> the point of the story is not just to make you laugh, but also uh, to let you know that there are upgrades that will come to you because you're in Christ that nobody with the same last name could ever take from you. Nobody could steal from you. Nobody could take it away, whether you like it or not, whether you've sought God or not, whether you've prayed or not. Again, this is not the encouragement to get apathetic, to sit back. Again, we're gonna get to chapter four, but right now we're in chapter three. Where's our theology? Our theology is that, yes, some blessings only come when you ask for it, but there are other blessings that will come into your life 
just because God is good. This whole thing about following Jesus is about the gospel, which is his grace and his mercy that comes by faith, not by your good works. You don't deserve it. You might ask him to be your Lord and Savior, but you didn't ask for all of the benefits that are going to come on top of that. There are bonus blessings like Pastor Rob taught last week that are going to come into your life just because we have been grafted into the family of God and we serve a good God. Let's break this down. Now to him who's able to do far more abundantly. It's immeasurable. We talked about it. More than you ask or think, there would be people here because of the situation or circumstance that you're in. You go like, yeah, he, he's going to bless that person because they got the talent and they were raised in the church. And I feel like, you know, Lord's not going to bless me. And I just, you know, I, I didn't earn it. I, I don't really deserve the blessing. It's just not, he's probably not going to show up in my life and say, everybody else is getting blessed and all of, all of this. And Martin Luther said, uh, your thoughts on God are too human. He's not like us. He's completely different. The Bible says his ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. He's completely other and different. So what you think might be just and what you deserve and what you've earned and because you were, had this pedigree or you had these parents or you were drugged to church your whole life and so you, you know you feel like you've earned, you've earned the blessing of God. You're thinking about God in a human fashion, not in a God fashion. He's gonna bless you in a God way, not a human way. He's gonna bless you. It's coming to you. Evelyn Underhill says, says this, because there's people that, that you say, well, I just don't understand that. I can't, I cannot, I don't understand that God would be good to me when I didn't earn it. I, I can understand why other people that, are, again, they're the special people, they're the talented people, they're, they're the people that know what they're doing. Evelyn said this, a, a, a God small enough to be understood is not big enough to be worshiped. And we serve a big God. We worship a big God. I'm cool not fully understanding, but I'm gonna spend the rest of my life trying to get to know God more. That's how we should live our life. Couple golf claps. We're getting, this is a good start. Feeling good. According to the power that's at work within us. According to the power at work within us. So he's, he's able but it's according to what power. What is the power that's at work within us? When you give your life to Christ, it's the power of the Holy Spirit that lives in you. 1 Corinthians 3, 16. Do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's Spirit dwells in you? The Holy Spirit now lives in you. There's a power within you. Those of you who are in Christ, there's a power within you called the Holy Spirit. He lives inside of you. And according to his power, God is able to do far more abundantly, above all that you could ask or think in your life because God lives inside of you. You should be encouraged. It's not about your good doing or hard trying or hours on your face and all of that is good. Good doing and hard trying and hours on your face before the Lord, all of those are good things. But it's not according to those things, it's according to the Holy Spirit's power that's in you. Also, it's according to the blood of Jesus Christ. There's wonder-working power in the blood. Anybody like that old song? We're going to church, man. I just feel like 9 a.m. is feeling great. There's wonder-working power in the blood. So not only do you have the Holy Spirit living in you, but you have the blood of Jesus Christ that washes over you. 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as he is the light, we have fellowship with one another and the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. So according to the power of the blood, according to the power of the Holy Spirit, that is the power that we look at, not our own personal gifts, talents, strengths, good doing, hard trying, 
that God's gonna do above all that we ask or think. It's because of the Holy Spirit and because of the work that Jesus did on the cross. You have been cleansed, you are being cleansed, you will be cleansed, and just for fun, you will have been cleansed. We will get there. Throughout all generations, it goes on. Again, we're gonna get to chapter four, but rounding out chapter three, throughout all generations, there is generational blessing. We actually sang today that curses were broken at the cross because of what Jesus did. And so there, there can be conversation. This is a whole different message on generational curses. Am I living under a generational curse? You gave your life to Jesus Christ. That was enough to break every curse that was on your life. We believe that. We believe now in generational blessing. Generational blessing. You, you, you can be the recipient of generational blessing. We, we serve a God that's about generations. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. Lois, Eunice, Timothy. That's a New Testament deep cut. A generational God. Generational God. There are blessings that you will receive, not because you asked for it or because you did anything, but you, because, because you had a mom and dad that were praying for you. Because you had a grandparent that was praying for you. Like I said, we just officiated Nini's uh, funeral. And uh, she's more alive today than she ever has been. But something that she was known for is being an intercessory prayer. She would lock herself in a room and spend hours on end. You could hear her through the walls praying, praying, praying for her family, praying for her children and praying for her grandchildren. In fact, in her Bible was written all of her family members' names, her prayer list. And next generation Christians, don't let this part die. As you carry on the faith, don't let this die, that there's a prayer list, there's things that I've written out, I get on my face maybe sometimes for hours and I'm gonna pray over the next generation. We are responsible to carry this torch. Let it be passed from Nini or your grandparent or your parent. Let it be passed to you that you would live this on for your children and your grandchildren and great-grandchildren to come until Jesus comes back. There are blessings that Kaylee has received because she had a praying grandmother. And if you're here and you didn't have a praying grandmother, how about you start praying? You start praying for the next generation behind you and not just your physical children, but we're all called to make disciples. We're all called to disciple. Your spiritual children, are you praying over the people that you lead that the Lord has said, you're responsible for these people. You're responsible to be the leader. You're responsible to speak into your life. You're responsible to prune and to sharpen and to lift up and to develop and to disciple. You're responsible. Are you praying for them, the next generation of disciples that are coming behind you? Parents get praying, grandparents get praying. I'm praying over my children, their future spouses, and their future children. And you can do the same. There are blessings that you will receive that you never asked for. And you don't just have to be a believer. Here we go. Just because you're a human, there are blessings you'll receive that you never asked for. You didn't ask to be created, but you were. That's a blessing. If you just took a breath, you didn't ask for it. But it was given to you. You didn't ask for it. Uh, you didn't ask to be created in the image of God, different than the animals. It's one thing to be created. It's, created, it's different to be created different than the animals, but in the image of God. And there's a piece of us that is eternal, that will live on forever. That's a blessing, right? Every human, whether you're a believer or not, God put within you the capacity to say yes to him. That's a blessing. He could have made us in a way that we could not say yes to him. 
Nope. There are not the outsiders and the insiders in that context. Every person created with the capacity to say yes to him. And you can say yes to him today. And be added to the family of God. These are blessings that you never ask for. But because God is good. Because he created you. It means he wanted you. And because he wanted you. He's going to bless you. But for the believer. There's more blessings. There's bonus blessings. As you become a believer. You become a son or daughter. Adopted. Grafted into the family of God. It's awesome. We're not just servants or slaves. But we're sons and daughters. With a servant leadership mentality. I'm here to serve. I'm here to serve. I want to serve the kingdom of God. But I'm not serving as a servant. I'm serving as a son or a daughter in Christ. Not only sons and daughters, we're family. But what does family mean? It means now we are co-heirs with Christ. The Bible says that there's an inheritance that's coming. And we've got heaven waiting for us. There's a home being prepared for you. The Bible teaches this. You're not just a son or daughter, but now you're an heir and you've got an inheritance coming for you. You didn't get saved like because you were like, I, I want to get saved and Lord, I I'll give my life to you if there's a really great inheritance. No, you said, God, I'm going to give my life to you because I want to live. And on top of that, you are blessed with inheritance, sonship, daughtership. You're in the family, but more than just family and more than inheritance, here's a blessing for the believer. You've got a job. He assigned you a job. He didn't just say the special people are going to get to work reaching the world and you sit on the sidelines. It's a blessing to have a job. It's a blessing to have something to do and to go to work. You are now ambassadors representing Jesus Christ to the world. You are to be like a city on a hill shining brightly. You are to be salt and light to the world. We're supposed to look different, speak different, act different, make decisions different, uh, spend our money different. Every aspect we're supposed to live differently because we're ambassadors, we're stewarders of what God has given us. This is how we're supposed to live our life. You're also ministers of reconciliation. Jesus said, I came to be a minister of reconciliation, but now I'm giving you that ministry. I'm giving you a job to do. Thank God that we've got a purpose, we've got a plan, we've got a destiny. There's something, there's a call of God on our life, and there's a call of God on your life. I'm grateful to be grafted into the family of God. I'm grateful that there's an inheritance coming that I did not ask for, and I'm grateful that God gave me a job to do as a believer. There's so many more than that, but we've got to move forward. There's people in the Bible uh, that were blessed far beyond what they asked for. Abraham asked for a son, and he was given more descendants than the stars in the sky. That's God. Hezekiah, he's sick and dying. He doesn't even ask to be healed. He says, God, I've walked with you. I've been upright. And what does God do? He heals him and gives him 15 more years. That's God. And that's what he'll do in your life. He will give you bonus blessings. Peter denied Christ, but he's the rock that Jesus would build a church on. He didn't deserve that. He didn't earn that. He didn't ask for that. Hey, Jesus, I think it was James and John that said they, like, they wanted to be at the right hand of the Father. Like, like they were the ones. But Peter didn't ask for that. He was chopping guys' ears off and getting a little wild. And he denied Christ to a girl. Like He's prayed for his life. And Jesus says, you're the rock that I'm going to build the church on. Paul, responsible for the murder of Christians, and now we're listening to a message from a letter he wrote to the church in Ephesus. It's crazy. God's got more for you. You're living a blessed life. And I'm just praying that 
worry, fear, anxiety for the future would just wash off during this. We're gonna have a ministry moment in just a second. I'm praying that victim mentality would get out of here, even for those that are living in their worst days. Listen, you are blessed, and there are blessings coming that you could not fathom, you could not imagine, you could not ask for, no matter if you spent 10 hours in prayer after this message, there are things that your mind could not get to that God has planned and in store for you. There's people sitting in this room, you would have never imagined that your life would be where it is now. And you feel blessed. You couldn't have designed it. You couldn't have asked for it. You didn't know. I, I, didn't, I wasn't even planning to go into this field. I wasn't even planning to have this many children. I wasn't even plan like, the, like I, I'm living this life that I could not have fathomed, but I'm living in it. And that's what I'm saying. There's a future ahead of you that you cannot fathom or understand. Now, we're in chapter four with five minutes left. Paul says, I urge you, after he reminds them that he's in prison, I urge you, you gotta walk in a manner worthy of the call of God that's on your life. So we haven't spent all year long talking about ask, seek, pray, building within you the theology that you gotta ask for it, you gotta pray for it, otherwise it's not coming to you. You have to earn it, you have to earn it. Essentially, you have to earn it. We haven't been building that. There are some blessings that will come because you ask for it, yes, for sure. But also, the reason we ask, the reason we seek, the reason we pray is because we've been so blessed, because God's been so good. And so our response is to go back to our good Father, say, thank you for everything that's come behind, and thank you for giving me a vision for the future. And I'm coming to you again. I'm asking you again. I'm seeking your face again. And sometimes when you seek his face, you get his hand. When you seek his hand, you miss both. That's the old saying. And so it's, it's backwards. It's the theology that he's able to do far above we could ask, think, or imagine. And so now knowing that, no matter if there's recession, no matter if there's inflation, no matter if there's fear in the media, no matter what is happening in culture, I know that my God, based on the power of the Holy Spirit living in me and the blood that covers over me, he's able to do exceedingly, abundantly, far beyond I could ask, think, or imagine. Now I'm gonna walk worthy in a manner worthy of the call of God on my life. I'm not gonna let fear creep in. I'm not gonna let hoarding creep in. I'm not gonna sit on the sidelines and say other people got the gifts and talents. I'm going to walk worthy. I'm going to walk in a manner worthy with humility and patience and love and joy and the fruit of the Spirit. It's this manner I'm going to walk worthy. And to walk, you have to walk. You can't sit down. You can't sit back. You can't get apathetic. Oh man, Jesus, just come back. If he comes back, there are people going to hell. We, we got to walk this out. We got to walk back. And now listen, I'm eagerly awaiting the return of Christ. Don't get me wrong. But at the same time, we got to reach the world. It's what our church is all about. Missions. There's 42% of the world that's never heard the name of Jesus. Never heard the gospel. Never, never had a chance. you got to walk. you got to live it out. Live in a manner worthy. No matter the, the climate that's out there. Which the climate out there is not scarier than first century Rome. It's not scarier than Sodom and Gomorrah, but we need some believers that are gonna live this out. He's able to do exceedingly abundantly, so I'm just gonna, I'm gonna give my life away like a living sacrifice. I'm not gonna lean back, I'm not gonna sit back, I'm not gonna live in protection mode, I'm not gonna live in scarcity mentality, I'm not gonna, man, I just feel, I, I, I don't know what's gonna happen. 
No, I'm taken care of. I'm set for life. And let's use our gifts. Let's use good planning. Let's save. All of that's good. That's good. But not at the expense of being a living sacrifice. Not at the expense of not living in the truth that my God shall supply all of my needs according not to your job, not to your pay, not to your circumstance, but according to his riches and glory. Worthy really means of sufficient weight. Of sufficient weight. And you in and of yourself are not of sufficient weight. You were made from dust. And so God, when you gave your life to Christ, he had to do surgery. He had to remove some things out of you and put some things that are weightier within you. Ezekiel 36, 26 through 30 says this. Talking to the people of God at the time, but this is a truth of who God is. And if he did it before for the people of God, he can do it again for the people of God. And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put within you. I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh, which is weightier than the heart of stone. I will put my spirit within you. I will cause you to walk in my statutes and be careful to obey my rules. And here's the promise as we all get nervous about what's coming, what's coming, what's happening, how's this gonna work, what's that, what's going on, what's going on, what's uh, Elon Musk just took over Twitter, what's happening? Everybody just relax, take a deep breath. Here's what it says to the people of God at the time. You shall dwell in the land that I gave your fathers. There's an inheritance coming to you. You shall be my people and I will be your God. I will deliver you from all your uncleanness. And I will summon the grain. Isn't it awesome that God can summon the grain? And make it abundant and lay no famine upon you. Some of you need to write this above, above the doorposts. Some of you need to write it in your phone. Some of you need to put a little sticky note on your computer. No famine will come upon you. I will make the fruit of the tree and the increase of the field abundant. That you may never again suffer the disgrace of famine among nations. My God, he's able to supply all of my needs according to his riches. He's able to do far more abundantly than I could ask, think, or imagine. So how am I going to live a life? I'm going to live my life walking in a manner worthy of the call of God on my life. I'm going to be a living sacrifice every single day with my words, with my time, with my energy, with my finance, with my gifts, with my children. I dedicated them to the Lord. I'll do it again. They're yours, Lord. My family's yours. My life is yours. That's how I'm going to live my life. And that's how to live it in a way that anxiety and fear and creep, uh, worry is not going to creep into your life. Hoarding's not going to creep into your life. The love of money and uh, the, this thought of, I'm going to be, if I do this, 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 if this, all, like, we're going to be set for life. You were set for life when you gave your life to Jesus. So, Lord, I thank you that you are here. I think you're you're ministering to our hearts on a famous passage of scripture that should not become cliche in our life, but it should be the truth in which we live our life out. We're gonna live our life out from the perspective that we are in the palm of your hand. 
we are set for life. It may not be in the way we thought you'd answer our prayer. It may not be in the timing we thought these bonus blessings might come. And Lord, it's, it's not even about the bonus blessing. It's about our relationship with you and doing what you have for us. Walking in a manner that's worthy of the call of God that's on your life. Lord, I thank you that each person here is called. Each person here that's in Christ is a son or daughter. You've adopted them as family. And Lord, I thank you that you've given them a job to do. And I pray that we would live this out every single day of our life. We don't ask to get, although there are real needs. And you will answer our prayer. But we come to you because we've been so blessed. We come to you, our Father, reflecting on all the goodness you've done in our life. And we come to you, we ask again knowing that you're able to do far above what we could ever ask, think, or imagine. Lord, thank you for speaking to our hearts today. Pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.